veterinary unicorns. My name is Amy Newfield, and I'm both the host and owner of VetTeamTraining.com. Please check out my blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at VetTeamTraining.com. Today, I want to talk to you about some really important key concepts. What is the difference between empathy, sympathy, and compassion? I know for many of you, you do know the difference, but I will argue that we're not so great about understanding the true differences between them than we'd like to think. And in fact, if I had to choose one, the one that we really want to get right is compassion. And I know a lot of you are thinking, no, it's empathy. Let's dive into that. So let's define sympathy because sympathy is this feeling that we have when we feel sorry for an individual. When you're sympathetic, you're not necessarily experiencing another person's feelings. It's not to say that this feeling is invalid. It's actually a very important and common feeling to have. For many of us, when we are sympathetic, it's because it draws on a common experience we had. Maybe we also recently lost a close loved one, or we lost a family pet, or we lost a job, or we've had a struggle, we've gone through a divorce, we've lost a child. There's been something real and tangible that we also have felt in our own personal lives that when another individual experiences, you have great sympathy for them. This is why you send out sympathy cards or flowers to individuals, when another loved one has passed away. You can say, I don't necessarily have the same feelings you do at this time, but I understand where you're coming from and I want to let you know that I'm aware of your suffering. I have sympathy for you. This is an important emotional response that we are sympathetic to each other or even to the planet or even to other species. Understanding that someone is suffering, someone has going through something in life is a very important and valid feeling for all of us to have. So sympathy is important. It says, I see you. I acknowledge your struggle. It might be a struggle I can relate to, but regardless, I know you are suffering in some sort of way. You are struggling in some sort of way and I have great sympathy for you. Now let's dive into empathy. So empathy is sort of above that. We see that this person has a struggle that they're going through, but we actually have a visceral feeling to what that other person feels. We are usually having what's called mirror neurons. This is where your brain will actually have the actual same feelings as someone else's pain and suffering. This is a highly emotional response thanks to those mirror neurons. So for example, if your friend's father recently passed away and you heard the news, you immediately would feel the sadness, feel the grief, feel the heartache, literally feel how they're feeling because you truly have empathy. It is the ability to pick yourself up and literally put yourself into someone else's shoes and have those same feelings that someone is struggling with. And so for a lot of empathetic individuals, if you're an empath, they like to call people empaths that are highly empathetic, it can be a struggle. Imagine all of those feelings all the time. Think about just the world tragic events from the earthquake in Haiti. If you had true empathy for every one of those individuals, it would be consistent heartache, consistent anger, consistent sadness, consistent feeling of hopelessness. Think about all the people who have lost victims unfortunately, because of the terrible COVID virus. And if you had empathy for every single one of those people, you would be feeling that sadness, 
maybe that anger, maybe feeling distraught, just like all of the loved ones who have lost somebody. So empathy is a really deep feeling to have. It's a step up above sympathy. So sympathy, again, I feel sorry for you and I might be able to understand where, where you're coming from. I might be able to relate to you on that level, but empathy is I get it. I get it. And it hurts me. It actually hurts me to my core. I'm probably going to cry about it. I'm probably going to get angry about it. I'm probably going to feel sad and despondent. I need times to to decompress and feel the feelings I'm feeling because I'm feeling them literally for you. Parents are really empathetic individuals towards their kids. And when their kids are going through something, let's just say their kid really wants to get into college. They've applied, they're so excited, and then they get that letter or that email and unfortunately they didn't get into it. That parent's heart sinks. That parent's heart tightens up. The anxiety starts to build. The sadness, the welling of the parent's tears because they have nothing but empathy for their child who just wanted this one win to go to this college that they so much desired. That's what empathy is. Empathy isn't just reserved for unpleasant feelings. You can actually also be hugely empathetic when you witness joy. Think about a parent watching their own child get pregnant and have their first baby. That is a very joyful experience. They're now a grandmom or granddad, a papa or a grandmama, whatever it is, they are it. And they got to watch their own child experience the miracle of birth. And they feel elated. They feel a sense of happiness. They may have cried the moment that that child was born because they know exactly how it feels to have a kid of your own. That's what empathy is all about. So it's not just empathy at times of sadness. It's true empathy. And it could be a particular situation or always surrounding around another individual. And now what's compassion? Well, compassion ramps it up a notch, actually. Compassion now kicks empathy and sympathy up so that you not only feel the pain of another person, but you also recognize that person is in pain and then you want to help alleviate that person's suffering. That's what compassion is about. So it takes the combination of empathy and sympathy, but then it says, I want to do something about it. I have great compassion for this person where I'm motivated to help improve or celebrate this particular situation. So in its Latin roots, compassion actually means to suffer with. When you're compassionate, you're not just running away from suffering. You're not feeling overwhelmed by it and you're not pretending the suffering doesn't exist. Instead, you are suffering with, you are celebrating with, you are staying present in that emotional moment and you are trying to take part in it. Thumpton Dupont is actually a PhD and works for the Dalai Lama, but he's written a book called Compassion Cultivation Training, also known as CCT. He points out that compassion is actually a four-step process and something that human beings always need to be striving for, learning about, and trying to get better at. And 
And so the first step is awareness of the suffering. This is again, sort of just, I see that there is actual suffering or happiness that is going on. And so we have to be aware of a feeling. Unfortunately for some of us, we're not aware that someone is going through something or celebrating something big. So just being, having that awareness of the other person's emotion is important. The second step is just to have true sympathetic concern to say, I see you, I recognize that you are suffering and I can relate or I understand that what you're going through is a struggle. The third step in compassion is that you want to see the relief of that suffering. You want to help in that way. You want to do something for that individual. And it's not just a wishful, "Ah, I wish I could. I wish that they would feel better. That's where the fourth step comes into play. So true compassion is the responsiveness or the readiness to help relieve that person or to celebrate that win, to be involved in what that looks like. And so these are the four steps that he advocates in really learning about what compassion is. It's really about practicing that mindfulness and that non-judgmental awareness of being present in the moment. To me, it's important to understand the concepts of all three of these vocabulary words, right? We've got our sympathy, we've got our empathy, and we have our compassion. And they can be used very differently. There are moments where I'm only going to have sympathy for a person. I feel bad that their loved one passed away or that they recently lost their job or that a loved one is struggling with something or that they are actually struggling with something. I have great sympathy for that. But where we in veterinary medicine need to be aware of how we could be doing ourselves harm is taking a look and be having emotional intelligence to recognize where we are with the compassion and the empathy. So there's been a lot of studies out there looking at the differences between empathy and compassion because empathy, you need it in order to be compassionate, right? So we can feel the pain of others, but being an empath, someone who always feels the pain, always feels the joy, always have the wide range of emotions, It's possible that feeling too deeply for someone else can actually hurt you. And in veterinary medicine, that is a lot of what we see. We go into this industry because we have such huge hearts. And a lot of people that go in are empaths. They are very empathetic individuals. But unfortunately, we do harm to ourselves. And it's interesting because even in early uh, Buddhist teachings, There's actually literature that talks about how having too much empathy may cause you harm. And that's really interesting because Buddhism by itself teaches the practice of compassion and it shares in the idea of someone else's suffering. But it does also recognize that having too much empathy may hurt you. In more recent years, neuroscientists have actually sought to come up with data that really looks at, is empathy better or is compassion better? Is there an actual issue with having too much empathy? Why would that be a bad thing? And so one particular study that was done a few years ago really looked at two groups and tapping into their emotional empathetic center and their emotional compassionate center. And what it concluded that these two types of of groups actually led to very different 
different emotions and attitudes towards an action that they were given. The empathy trained group actually found empathy to be uncomfortable and troublesome, and they didn't move forward with certain actions because they were so focused on the emotions that they were experiencing themselves. The emotions actually hindered them to accomplishing the task. The compassionate group, on the other hand, however, created positivity in their minds of the group members, and they ended up actually completing the action, completing the task. Interestingly enough, the compassion group ended up feeling kinder and more eager to help other people than those in the empathy-only group. Very interesting research. And so empathetic distress is something that's very common in veterinary medicine. We call it compassion fatigue. And compassion fatigue is something we always need to be on the lookout for. And this one podcast is certainly not going to do due diligence to it because it's something that I think every veterinary professional needs to be on the lookout for, but also find their own coping mechanism. Ultimately, whenever we're dealing with compassion fatigue or even burnout or empathetic distress, we need to have the emotional wherewithal that we are having feelings that are overwhelming. So when you feel the emotions coming up inside of you, Usually if it's anger, it's probably burnout. But if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling overwhelmed, maybe a sense of, you know, I can't move on. It could be empathetic distress. We see this with veterinary professionals dealing with clients all the time. I mean, think of the so many triggers that we deal with in, in on our daily basis in our veterinary hospitals. You have a client and they just got a brand new puppy. We know that feeling. You know that feeling. Oh, that puppy breath. Isn't it wonderful? It's stinky and great and I love everything about it. And if you're a cat person, you know, you know the feeling of a kitten, right? They're tiny, tiny little toes, they're little toe beans and the tiny little feet. And oh my gosh, they're adorable little whiskers and that wet little nose. Oh my gosh. And the tiny little Oh my gosh, squish, right? You guys know this feeling. And here's somebody who was filled with joy and now a tragedy unfolded to no fault of their own, right? This cute little kitten went flying off the couch because it thought it was Superman. Or the puppy went flying off of a a railing because it thought it was Superman. And it flew through the air and for a brief moment, this puppy and kitten thought, I am flying. And then it landed and it landed wrong. And now it's got a radius ulnar fracture. And the person was not prepared so early in to be able to have to financially pay $2,000, $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 to fix this broken leg. And their child is standing at their side and saying, Mommy, Daddy, will you please fix him? You know this. You have kids. You know that feeling. That's their fur baby. And that's their kid begging them to save their fur baby's life. And they're also thinking, that's the money I used to feed you. I don't have this money. My gosh, what a horrible feeling. We are met with these situations every single day in veterinary medicine. And for so many of us, we have that true empathy. Here's someone who is beyond kind who is looking at us with with just distress and sadness and realizing the state of their own situation. And they're not placing blame because we all have those clients who place blame. You're money grabbing. This is not one of those clients. They just, it just hit them. They can't afford this. And how are they going to deal with this situation? And do they need to euthanize this baby? And what does this look like? 
And so when we start to have this empathetic distress, we need to recognize our own triggers. You know these triggers because you can feel the sadness or maybe you walk away from that client and you maintained your composure so well, but then in the back, you're crying in a corner or you excuse yourself to go to the bathroom and you're trying to process your feelings. So the first step is just to breathe. It seems so basic, but in fact, when you start having this empathetic distress, it activates the fight or flight response and our breathing becomes very fast and shallow. (gasps) Oh my God, how are they going to afford this? Can we do this for free? What does this look like? And this increases our anxiety. Oh my gosh, every single one of you who are listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. We all go through this, right? And this makes our emotions move even faster. There's a ton of research that says that slow and steady deep breaths actually activates your vagus nerve, which comes from the brain and it controls your parasympathetic nervous system. This is the thing that controls your relaxation response. And so your sympathetic nervous system is the thing that adrenaline and anxiety tap into and it goes faster, harder now. Create the anxiety. Parasympathetic goes slow down. Take a breath. It's going to be okay. So sometimes, not that it's going to fix everything, it's not going to help this client get money or help solve the issue, but when you find yourself in that empathetic distress, which does lead to compassion fatigue because you give away all your emotions all the time, breathing will help you feel calmer. The next thing you need to do is certainly just feel your own body. Yes, and recognize this. The feelings you are having is because you care deeply about someone else. Rather than get caught up in their own experience, let's figure out if we can control our emotions so that they can be productive. And that's hard. There's some research that says plant your feet on the ground and wiggle your toes. Realize that your puppy, that your dog, that your pets are safe and sound that the experience you are having is of their experience and it is in your body. So bend your knees, wiggle your fingers and say, I am okay. I am okay. Calm yourself down. You are okay. Now let's see how we can get them the help they need. And so being aware of your body sensations and imagine yourself holding those sensations and taking control of those emotions are going to help you process them. Once you have processed that you are in fact experiencing empathetic distress, calm yourself down, recognize that you yourself are okay, and now become compassionate. This is where you pick all of those emotions and energy and drive them to helping. What can you do? Whether it just be an ear or a shoulder to cry on for these clients, you have the power to help the situation. You recognize that. And there's a lot of wonderful energy that you get from helping others. And in fact, paying it forward is a big movement because it feels good to help others. They feel good that you've helped them and they're likely to pay it forward in the future. So compassion is such an important thing that we all want to strive for, but it's so hard to get there because sympathy is so easy to give away. Empathy is important in compassion, but it can hold us back. But compassion is the driver, the driver of these emotions to say, I see you. 
I do feel you, but I'm going to take my feelings and I'm going to make it so that I can help you or celebrate those wins with you or get as joyous as you or cause you to have a great big party or I'm going to do something wonderful. I'm going to build a home for someone who needs it with Habitat for Humanity. I'm going to volunteer and that is how I'm going to use my compassion. I'm going to fundraise. I'm going to write a letter to a senator, to a governor, to the president because I have great compassion about a cause or a mission or something I want to see changed. So compassion is about action. Compassion is about taking our feelings and trying to do better by them. Many people pride themselves that they are empathetic individuals and I totally agree that those people are wonderful and very kind and it is a great feeling to have when you're truly empathetic for another individual or person or situation. There are times in my life where empathy is runs deep. I see something, I hear something, I'm part of something. And whatever it is, it triggers inside me the same feelings that another person is having. And that's, I feel what they're feeling. Empathy is a good feeling to have, but it drains you. It sucks you dry. Compassion is about being active. It's about making change. It's about taking those feelings and trying to improve something or maybe celebrate a win with something. Uh, So whatever it is, is compassion is going to help take those empathetic feelings but make them proactive. That will make them positive. It will change someone's lives because you're actively working to helping someone or something. Hopefully this helps explain the difference between sympathy, empathy, and compassion. And for those empaths that are listening to this, take care of yourself. What you have is very important because you can never reach compassion if you don't understand what empathy is. And so people, unfortunately, don't sometimes. They walk around feeling only sympathetic for other individuals. But it's the compassion where we take not the, I, I feel sorry for you, and not just the, I actually feel you, but we take those things, put them together and say, I am not only hearing you and feeling you, but I want to help you. And that is what compassion is. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on being a unicorn. Please check out all my other vlogs, blogs, and podcasts at VetTreamTraining.com.